beginning transmission 105. Batman, War Games, Act 2, Finlander, War Games. この番組は、ラシコットキャストの今週のエピソードへようこそ。毎週漫画の読書のザッタラバンドは、ラシアマチュアニュースを出しようと漫画とピアパクテルバーです。Twitter, <laughs> and welcome to episode 105 with Adam sucking robot dick in the corner. Um, what up? What up? I suck all the other ones. Why not robot dick? What up, Vape Nation? I know. Actually, robot robot dick was a uh, big theme in the very first episode of Cinema Queens. <laughs> we what? went about about a five minute tangent about what robot dildos would be like. I did like your title for your first episode of Cinema Queens. Oh, Mike Pence's worst nightmare. Yes, I like the real title of the second episode. Yeah, it was that was better. It was uh, Wet Dreams of Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. But we figured I wouldn't like that very much. <laughs> it's true. But uh, this week we are doing Batman War Games Act Two, where this is part of our uh, overall recovering the War Games art for the entire month of April. Uh, so, of course, as you've already heard. Wet Dreams of Daniel Radcliffe, Robot uh, Dick Sucking, Mr. Adam. Aw, you can say so many nice things about me. I know. Aw. Hey, what's up? It's Adam. Uh, kind of do things for Big Shiny Robot and Board as Hell Podcast. Uh, work's been kind of keeping me away from my duties with that. Uh, but <laughs> duty. Duty. <laughs> said duty. Uh, but yeah, you can find me here on the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast, uh, the Cinema Queens Podcast with our friend Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Is he the new Andy now? Well, we do it for Andy, too. Just add. and can be in addition to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then also curating our grinder scruff and tights account. Okay. Yes. Also, just because it wasn't there. Hi, Andy. Hi, Andy. Also, the overmature uh, would never make a poop joke ever on a podcast. We have Mr. Maya. That's me. Uh, I'm Maya. I'm happy to be here. They were very it's, Mario-like it's, sort of things. Like, <laughs> it's me, it's me, Maya. Uh, yeah, I work up at Dr. Volt's Comics. If you're in Salt Lake City or if you're visiting, come check us out. 2043 East, 3300 South. Open seven days a week. I was about to promote our sale coming up, but by the time you hear this, it would be in the past, so never mind. Yeah. Uh, we do also, a free comic book day. We do a free comic book day coming up. First Saturday in May. Come check us out. We'll have everything on sale, at least, I think, 20% off. Uh, some stuff even more. Uh, what free comic books will be there? All of them. I can get. I can pull up a list. No, we don't have it. It's too, yeah, too, 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 too fucking many. Okay. Um, 
Also catch me on Twitter at Mr. Maya or Instagram at the Mr. Maya. Yell at me about comics. Tell me that you don't agree with me or that you do. I'm down to talk. Okay. Todd. Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for my introduction. That was to your, my introduction. I introduced I introduced you. I got introduced. <laughs> or or Brian. Brian can go ahead. I was just gonna say, never down to talk, we have Mr. Todd. Hey, it's Todd. It's a Todd. Todd. <laughs> As I'm sitting right between Mario and the robot dick sucker. It's a nice... <laughs> nom, 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 nom. Hey, I'm Todd. And good luck finding me on social media. Good luck finding me in Salt Lake. But I'm there. If you see me, say hi. I'll be impressed. Adam, are you like that robot on Robot Chicken that like keeps fucking the like, washing That's machine? That's like my favorite running gag in that show. <laughs> I love that yeah, so I've never much. seen that episode. Oh, it's oh, like no, it's a first it's season. It's recurring throughout the It's a running like the gag to the first season. season. I'll, yeah. I'll show you when we're done. It's really funny. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. I was watching the Joe McHale show with Joe McHale. Because uh, aptly titled. Aptly titled, right? And then Seth Green makes an appearance on it. And, you know, he's funny and not all at the same time. So it was rather enjoyable. Did I ever tell you about my encounter with Seth Green? Was he being childish? No, but he was he like... He like a guy that would be childish and just kind of a douche. Don't you know who I am? He wasn't that douchey. He was a hair douchey. Uh, I was... They did a... Like, was he actually acting when he played Dr. Evil's kid? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not not when he was running, though. That's how he really runs. (laughs) Yeah, no. uh, So... Have you met my buddy Jason? I think so. Was that we did a uh, Jason Todd? Jason (laughs) Todd. Comic book jokes. I went to that one um, show. It was like the Life and Times of the guy who wrote all the music. Like Alfie and raindrops keep falling on my head, and oh no, that's that was, that was Marty. That was no, I rode with Marty. I met another friend, and we were making some joke about how Jesus was a woman, which explains the loaves and blood wine. Oh, that sounds like something Jason <laughs> would say. That sounds like something Jason would say. Jason yeah. is actually currently a writer on uh, Daredevil season three on Netflix. Oh, good for Jason. Um, was he the one that that um, interned at Robot Chicken for? Yeah, yeah. That's so. Jason was interning at Robot Chicken, and I went up to help him out with a a barbecue. I'd been up all night working on my own gig, and then I go up to help him out. They're doing a barbecue. It was when they were doing Titan Maximum, and they're doing the first week of weeklies because they don't do dailies uh, in an animation because you have nothing to show after one day of work, so they do weeklies. <laughs> so they're doing a barbecue for the first one, and uh, Donald Faison showed up. And he was actually really cool about the whole thing, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, Seth Green was there, obviously, because he was protesting. It was really weird because he's a producer, and we were about to walk into uh, we were about to walk walk in to watch the, the the showings after the barbecue and whatever. And he was like bumming weed off everybody. He goes, "Is it unprofessional of me to get high before going watching the weeklies?" And somebody was like, "No, it's fine, it's cool." And I was just like, "This is the most Hollywood fucking moment I've had in a while." So anyway, do you have anything? So else? the boss was bumming weed. The boss was bumming weed. Yeah, he had a broken arm too for some reason. I can't remember why. No, but really, he's making all the money. He yeah. should not be bumming weed off of people. He's, but he's There's really a- short, so I don't think it takes a lot to get him stoned. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but he might have a really high tolerance. He, at this point in time, he probably does. Like, sure. His last name is Green. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> very true. Very, very true. No, but no, that's all there is for me. Okay. And it's a me, a Brian. Uh, hey, I'm Brian. I'm, You're going to uh, piss off all of our Italian listeners. No. We have Italian listeners? 
if, if email we Brian at yeah, funnybooksandtarymaya.gmail.com. Uh, Let him know how many Italian or, listeners or, we have. Or tweet me at Mr. Maya. Yes. But please be aware we're making fun of the Mario video game, not like Italians in general. That's a whole other different stereotype that I'm not touching. Wait, 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 Jersey Shore. You mean, my, you mean my heritage? Your heritage? Yeah. So as your heritage, I, I have to say, I have not found a good... Italian sauce, like a like a mozza, uh, marinara sauce, on the West Coast at all. Like since I live on the East Coast, I've not found a good one on the West Coast. I, it makes well, me crazy. I was just gonna say, next time you visit, I'll give you a good Italian sauce. I'm sure you will. <laughs> and see, I was actually for the first time in my life going to go clean and, uh, <laughs> and give you my recipe for my marinara sauce, which actually is fucking amazing. So yeah, I, I think is. what it is, uh, my guess is, is that I, there's just a, something a little bit more sweet about the the pizza sauce. I would like the marinara sauce I get in Connecticut. I think they might put like brown sugar in it. I think maybe maybe some cinnamon i'm not sure but there's just something a little bit sweeter about the the marinara sauce on the east coast versus the west coast but we'll see my, my marinara sauce and my pizza sauce have the same base uh-huh. the difference is, is uh semen yes it's a bolognese there we go homemade bolognese uh but no my, my pizza sauce <laughs> i don't know why bolognese sounds dirty in that context but it really does <laughs> it's my bolognese Balls in the sauce. <laughs> Adam's, God, no. Adam's ball sauce. Adam's ball sauce. That's what we're gonna call bolognese sauce. That should be the name of this episode if we actually name the episodes. I thought about doing little subtitles. I can do those now on, on uh, iTunes. No, so my, my marinara sauce is very basic, and then I do the same base for my pizza sauce, but I do actually do add a little bit of sugar because that kind of cuts down the acidity. Mm-hmm. And then I add in uh, Parmesan cheese and some other stuff, And except when I make it vegan for... Uh, a friend who comes over who's vegan who then doesn't eat food. Um, Hi, so, Kat. yeah, next time you're up, no, it wasn't Cat. It was, uh, no. it was, oh, what the fuck's his name from re- wrestling? Ja. Ja. Mm. Who's really nice. I'm not talking shit on him, but I was like, I made this vegan especially for you. And he's like, I don't want any. I'm like, fuck you. Um, <laughs> you know, our <laughs> name is the German, him. yes. Ja. That's his name. Uh, French. French. Uh, French Ja. J E A N. But he, he, play, he plays a heel in real life, so that's okay. Jason Bravo. Yeah. That's his wrestling name. Jason uh, Bravo. Okay. Uh, but yeah, next time you're up, actually, remind me and I'll make you I'll do like French red pizza or something like that, and you can you can try it out and see what you think. Okay, sounds good. I will take you mm-hmm. up on that. Anyway, I think I've introduced my crap. I don't remember. Today it on the Julia Child Show, we yeah. tell you how to make pizza sauce. There you go. Uh, so anyway, so as we said before, this week we are doing War Games uh, Act Two. Uh, and I think uh, we'll just jump into drinking games. And now for sports. Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. Remember, it's only a game and a dumb one at that. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. Mr. Adam, what's your drinking game rule? <laughs> So Maya helped me come up with a <laughs> name. Mr. Tatum. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Tatum. Uh, this one called Let Me Bat Splain You, Honey. Oh, nice. Anytime, anytime Batman decides to cut people out of the loop or do whatever the fuck he wants and explain why he's right, you take a drink. Todd, what is your cocktail? Or your not cocktail, sorry. We'll get to that later. What is your drinking game rule? Damn, I'm impressed. Every time Catwoman or Batgirl is in a fight, and even though she's crushing the other people, the people just kind of pause for a moment and go, wow, that's really good. I'm impressed. <laughs> damn. Damn. Wow, damn. And see, I kind of picture like Chris, uh, is it Chris Tucker and them from... Uh, damn! From Friday. Damn! <laughs> like, are you going to shoot her? No, that was way too awesome to watch. Damn! You got knocked the fuck 
knock out. Cool. And Mr. Maya, I know that your rule is going to be similar to mine, but let uh, actually they're different. But uh, why don't you go ahead and go with your rule? Uh, and all, all I could hear in my head anytime she talked about it was was Lando and Empire Strikes <laughs> Back. So my drinking game is it's not my fault. Okay, well may, maybe it is. Uh, any basically anytime Stephanie starts beating herself up with her uh, inner monologue about the gang war being her fault. Okay. I still hate her the font or whatever they use. That cursive bullshit. Oh my god! <laughs> stop. It was just a little bit, but it still is annoying. I'm like, actually, my my other drinking game I was gonna do was gonna be called cursive is outdated. Learn nice. to type. <laughs> I'm thinking of Friday jokes more, like when the two old ladies come up to the door and they're like talking about Jesus. He's like, "There you go, using the Lord to sell pussy." Are they uh, Jehovah's Witnesses or something? He like slams the door in their face, and the one lady's like, "Well, fuck you." (laughs) (laughs) Which again goes to orgasmo with. You can take that Book of Mormon and shove it so far up your righteous asses you choke on it, you soul-soliciting pig fuckers. Nice. Did I tell you the Mormon missionary stopped by my house the other day? Oh my God! Did he burn up in pieces? It was uh, women missionaries, sister missionaries. They didn't up. come here. They went to his my place. Oh. And <laughs> they weren't quite sure what to do with me. It was a whole lot of fun. I know what to do with you. <laughs> <laughs> I do. No, I'm exclusive now. I, I can't do that anymore. No, no, no. not anymore. But I, I was very nice to them all in all. I didn't let them in the house, but they're like, oh, we're missionaries. But I'm like, oh, I am aware. And they're like, oh, are you? And it's like, yeah, I'm an ex. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, and like, maybe we ask why you left? And I just looked at them and went, well, because it's a sham. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, would you like a bottle of water? I can get you all a bottle of water. So I then leave, go downstairs, bring them back bottles of water. And they're like, ah, uh, we pray with you? I'm like, no. Do you know anyone else that might be interested? I'm like, they've gone through this training of asking uh-huh. for phone numbers. Yeah. So after I proceed to tell them very nicely, it's a load of hooey. They're still asking me for people and phone numbers. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, you guys are at a loss. I'm like, good luck with that. And then they're my dear wife sitting inside, just listening to all of this cackling and trying to keep quiet. About it. <laughs> it was a lot of good See, fun. That's much nicer than I was in high school and uh, my buddy's yeah. mom, they came to the door and they gave her a book of Mormon and she grabbed it and looked at us on the couch and said, while they're standing there went, Oh look, Kenling. <laughs> and then shut the door in their face. <laughs> wow. So, my buddy, when he would get JWs or Mormons up to his house back in California, this is a long ass time ago, he would just answer the door like in a pair of like skin tight briefs and a uh, bad religion shirt, like the one with the upside down cross on it. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That, that's really good there. You know, I, I was tempted to tell them, like, you know, if any one of you want to come back to my place sometime and borrow my cell phone so you can call home, you're most welcome to. Because for those that don't know, if you're on a Mormon mission, you're only allowed to call home twice a year. Is it mm-hmm. Christmas and birthday? No, Christmas and Mother's Day. Ah. Yep. And that's it. Not even Father's Day. Nope. What if your mom's dead? Doesn't matter. That's it. You can call on Mother's Day. They put the phone next to her grave. <laughs> there you go. Just talk to her. Why so, will mom talk to me? Oh, son, we forgot to tell you she's dead. Dad, dad, put the phone up to the urn. There you go. <laughs> so I can hear it echo. 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 <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Batman. Oh, yeah. Uh, What's so your my drinking game, game rule yeah. uh, is, uh, spoiler alert, every time the character of spoiler is discussed and or mm-hmm. appears, take a drink. 
Also, weird Mormon story. Every time the Book of Mormon musical is in town, someone tries to take me. This is the first time it's been in town that someone hasn't said, hey, you should go see this show with me because people love taking former Mormons to go see Book of Mormon the musical. But the funny thing is I got a text message last night from a friend of mine who was actually working on the show. And she was mm-hmm. like, hey, I was working on the show. I was thinking of you. And I was like, just so you're aware, the, song, the spooky Mormon hell dream, totally a real thing. So, of course, he sent me a picture of the costume of the uh, Satan outfit uh, backstage, which is pretty awesome, actually. I'll, I'll, I'll send nice. it to you. So, yeah. Yeah, so uh, moving on. So basically what we have here in Act 2 is a continuation of the war. I don't think... Do we need much of a preview for this? I mean, you've already... Mm-hmm. If, if you're joining with us, you're already reading in. You kind of know what's up. To, I guess, backtrack a little bit for those of you who don't know, Batman temporarily hired a girl named Stephanie Brown to be Robin. Uh, she didn't quite cut it. While she was Robin, she ended up looking in the back computer and finding Batman's uh, plans for a basically sort of like a, a war game quote, I mean, to mm-hmm. say the title of like what would happen to try like if all the if there was a major gang war, how to try to consolidate the power and try to get rid of all that kind of stuff. Anyway, uh, when she gets fired, she goes back to her original superhero, I Secret Dandy, which is a character named as a spoiler. Uh, and in doing that, she ends up trying. She basically starts the the war game uh, herself. But she, the only uh, mob boss that doesn't show up that she had invited is Matches Malone, who is actually Batman. Uh, she is unaware of this. Um, so war breaks out. Batman in the last book is start. I mean, they're trying to uh, keep this all together. Uh, Robin's girlfriend, who is the daughter of some mob boss, ends up getting shot and killed. Batman reveals himself to the press and to try to save her life. And that's about where we start up now so basically the entire city of gotham is in complete and utter chaos uh does that sound like a fair assessment up to this point in time yeah yep yep i'm recalling and remembering things kids summarization you remember 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 last week i remember last week so at this point in time i barely remember yesterday uh, yeah uh so speaking of which uh, at this point in time we're going to go on a little break uh and we will give you the opportunity to read this book if you haven't already for those of you who have like the rest like most of us on the panel not todd uh have bought this in the big huge fucking two volume set uh this is a lot easier to follow than it was in previous weeks because basically you're just gonna read all the books that are act two uh so it's going to be um, in the second book uh, it's the first uh eight issues yeah, it's basically the first 200 pages almost. Uh, so you'll be reading Detective Comics 798, uh, Batman Legends of the Dark Knight 183, Nightwing 97, Batman Gotham Knights 57, Robin one, uh, 130, Batgirl 56, Catwoman 35, uh, Batman 3, or, sorry, 632, and that is it for this week. Smaller reading load than we had the first week. And I'm surprised someone didn't make a joke about me using the word load, but that's how it goes. With that's that, okay. we'll take. You'll have a time to reload. But I'm ching. So uh, we'll take a little break, and we will see you on the flip side. Bye. Bye. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. And uh, welcome back. So uh, basically a summary for those of you who didn't read this book as to uh, what you would have encountered in this. So Batman starts realizing that uh, this is starting to look really fucking familiar. And he asks uh, uh, Alfred to take a look at the computer and see who the last person to look at his War Games file was. And he discovers that it was Stephanie, a.k.a. the spoiler. So uh, Batman is trying to... uh, get the police on his side and try to work with him he ends up shutting down the computers for a little while and tells them to drive all of the mob people towards uh i think it was robeson park something like that does that sound about right robertson Robertson park robertson park 
drive all of them towards Robertson Park, and so that's his big overall game plan. Uh, Stephanie, as the spoiler, is still trying to go out and do her investigation. She is snuck out from where Catwoman was holding her. She ends up being captured by the Black Mask. Uh, also, because she's trying to get to Orpheus because uh, he is the linchpin of this entire uh, game plan, and she knows that she's trying to get to him. Batman's also trying to get to Orpheus as well. Uh, so she gets to him just as he is being uh, killed by Black Mask. Uh, mm-hmm. Black Mask, is that correct? That's correct, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Black Mask is holding her hostage as well um, and trying to figure out who, you know, was the, the linchpin to all this. Uh, she basically, he wants to know who Batman's inside man and the mafia was. She said, you idiot, you killed him. So uh, she eventually escapes while Black Mask goes off, makes a disguise, and he is now going to be in disguise as Orpheus and he's going to go try to team up with Batman. Uh, at a certain point in time during all this, there is a big, massive blackout. Eventually the lights come back on and I'm trying to remember where do we end up on this it's about all i remember but so that, that's basically where it ends is the lights yeah, come back on and batman's work yeah. with orpheus who's disguised as, or who's black mask disguised as orpheus to cause chaos mm-hmm. yes um which if you if you remember in the first act that you did see someone talking to like hush off panel and a couple of the other crime bosses off panel that was black mask uh basically he wants to try to take advantage of what's going on he had no part in starting it but he uh will definitely well and, and he's advantage. in for he's in most of this act two as the person who's randomly dis- <clears throat> uh torturing people yeah and mm-hmm. you know it is but he's very sadistic and horrible and being not being as quite as familiar with the character i don't know if that's like his normal mo or what but he was doing incredibly horrible fucked up things yeah no he, he's he's an awful fucker what is back black masks like black background a little bit his background his, <laughs> yeah uh he's a crime boss <laughs> okay like i don't where i mean do we know where because i think i've read another book with him in it but i can't remember if i'm thinking of the black mirror or not no he, he wasn't in black mirror um okay. I, I, I can't tell you why quite yet uh, his name is roman sionis he was born to a wealthy family mm-hmm. I'm, well, I'm trying to find why he has because the mask is like stuck to his face yeah, he he almost looks like a red skull, but not red. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the DC Marvel counterparts. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So red skull, black mask. There you go. Yeah. yeah he's just a crime boss with a black mask stuck to his face. Okay. How long has he been around? Uh, he first appeared in Batman number three eighty six in nineteen eighty five. Oh wow, he's he's around, been around longer than I expected him to be. But yeah, he's one sadistic fuck. That's for sure. There's a lot of weird, darker shit in this particular section of it as well. Adam, because I know you've been a little bit begrudging about some of the other uh, runs of this, I was kind of curious as to what your thoughts are. No, actually, I, I really like this uh, <clears throat> act two as well, and, and I think I was pretty vocal last time about liking act one. Mm-hmm. My only thing was that I wish it wouldn't have taken. The, the prologue was a bit too long, too long. for you. Yeah, I, I, again, I get that we had to set everything up, but I don't want to sound like a broken record because we really discussed this last week. But no, yeah. I, I enjoyed this a lot. It was it was kind of fun to watch. Well, actually, it was kind of ironic because in the last uh, last arc, we see Batman being the, the greatest detective and mm-hmm. figuring things out before everyone else. And yet, in this one, it takes him like half the book to realize, like, oh shit, this is my plan. This is what yeah. I, this is like what I set up forever ago. And you would think. Again, with his being the greatest detective, that he would start seeing things going to motion, and it took like all of a sudden he like just snaps, like, "Oh, the power is going to go out!" And then, boom, it does. It's like because this is my plan. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so that was kind of interesting because the last time we saw this, he was really playing up his his skills. In this one, it was kind of like 
You, you didn't know? He's oh, getting honey. a little tired. Honey. Uh, but no, it was fun, and it, we got to see uh, Tim Drake come back as Robin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the scene I really enjoyed a lot was when he invites his dad to the roof, and his dad's like, oh, you said you wouldn't do this. He's like, this is why I have to, because every single moment I'm not there as Robin, people are dying, and the values you've instilled in me, the values I yeah. have, came from you, not from Batman. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was a really cool father-son moment uh, where... His dad ag- agreed with them, and then even later on was like, "Hey, I'm not going to tell anyone. This is still between us. Uh, but you go out there with my blessing. But I'm going to go with you." He's like, "Fuck no, you ain't. You ain't going yeah, with me. Yeah. You're like, a liability." So yeah. he sent him to the uh, to the hospital. Uh, it, it, and also, you know, I don't know how this is all going to turn out, but it's been really interesting to see a lot of Batman's traditional allies turning against him. Like you've got Commissioner mm-hmm. Gordon saying you're you're full of shit, you're that, wrong. It, mm-hmm. Are they turning against him, or is he driving them away? Either which way. I mean, you, you can see it going both ways, but because he is fucking stubborn and hard headed. Well, yeah, he is. <laughs> Hence the bat splitting rule. Yeah, um, but like you know, even uh, the the doctor who he's known forever, who uh, I can't remember her name, Leslie, Leslie Tompkins. Tompkins. Yeah, even she's like, this is all your fault. Thank you so much for this. And when it comes down to it, it does do, it does go back to the argument of is the crime in Gotham being pushed back because of Batman, or is it being caused because of Batman? Because even though he it was Stephanie who unleashed all this happening, you know, had he never put this into play or even planned it to begin with, none of this would have happened. Uh, and there, and, and that's a great argument, and actually something that would be probably a fun paper to write, but not one that we'll spend the next you know three hours discussing. But no, I really enjoyed it. I'm 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 really getting into it you know obviously we had to eat our vegetables first and there were a shit ton of vegetables but uh <laughs> the main course and desserts playing out very well well there was uh i think it was like two cons before there was a great uh panel uh salt lake comic con where they're discussing oh, you mean uh, the your, comic convention? <laughs> which one of them i don't remember which one it was to be honest with you. i just remember uh deborah jensen was on the panel and well, the lawyers uh, say it, we can't call it comic-con anymore so well yeah i got you but this was still back when it was either comic-con or Fanex or whatever. I'm, I'm using it in the past tense is what it was called at the time. It's still uh, Comic Con. Everyone's gonna call it Comic Con. So, uh, yeah, whatever. I, you know, yeah. it's fine. They just uh, can't um, call it Comic Con. Everyone else can. Yeah, uh, they had an interesting conversation. It was like a, it was a panel on your favorite geekdom is problematic, and they did mm-hmm. discuss the fact that Batman. There is some serious issues with Batman. Like, I like the character, but like after reading that, you're like. Yeah, I can I can admit that there are there are some problems with him. Like he does sort of he's he's kind of a rich bully who picks on you know criminally insane you know lower class oh, homeless I was there people. For that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Deborah Jensen was on it. I think uh, your friend uh, the Changeling was on it as well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Jordan was on that too. It was I think it was yeah. it was the it was the panel about uh, our fandoms have problems. Yeah, it's album. something that they, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. you love is still problematic, doesn't? And it was it was kind of an interesting way of saying like, yes, you can have you can real like you can be a fan of Batman and still realize that there are problems with Batman. You can be a fan of Joss Whedon and kind of realize that his feminism is not as great as you think it is. You know what I mean? Because Joss Whedon's feminism has some serious issues once you actually take a look at it. So I don't know, but I, I do think that's an interesting thought. I mean, just. Maybe not to keep it too deep, but do you think that... I mean, because I was... <laughs> this is also, I guess this is the question I'm asking. Why the fuck would anyone still live in Gotham City? I still don't understand that. Because like, if you look at the timeline as to how much shit... Like, if you even just go of like how old Jason Todd is, you know, through... Or, or uh, not even Jason Todd. Um, what's the new Robin? Tim Drake. Tim Damien? Tim Drake. 
No, not him. Fuck, fuck that Damien. Uh, fuck both of you. He's I awesome. I love that little shithead. <laughs> fuck that little shithead. I really? like the shithead. He is such a shithead, and I still like him anyways. Read, read Super I, Sons, and your opinion will change. Oh, maybe that's what I'll have to do, because, like, I, I read... I read Super Sons, and I still like the shithead. Yeah, no, I, I read... Uh, I read the book where he... shithead. <laughs> He's a little shithead. Yeah. Uh, but no, but like, I, I was just saying, like, if you look at timeline wise, based on like how long Tim Drake is Robin and how much stuff happens, like versus the real world, like there's shit going on in Gotham city every fucking day. Like it is practically a war zone, like all the time, aside from it actually being a war zone like this, who would still live there? I mean, you know what I mean? Even also add into that equation, watching the show Gotham, like there's yeah. so much fucking awful gang shit that just happens randomly on the street. I'd be gone. Well, couldn't we say the same thing about the whole state of Florida? Yes. Yeah, but they, yeah, but they don't know any better. Florida has like dumb shit happening. I mean, this is some of this is relatively sophisticated, planned, organized crime. You know, what I mean, so this it's is like New York I, in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, or like Chicago in the twenties and thirties, or Detroit. You know yeah. what I mean? People are leaving Detroit. No, Detroit now is zero year. Is Batman zero year? <laughs> yeah, what Detroit you're now fucking is. right, dude. Yeah, Detroit is a mess. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend who was just on tour there uh, with, of all things, Air Supply. So, oh. hey, if you ever go, if you go see Air Supply on tour, the bass player is a really good friend of mine. Uh, so, uh, scream at him and say, "I love you, Doug." Just yell at Doug, the bass player, if you ever see Air Supply on tour right now. Uh, he's a good dude, actually. I really like that guy. But uh, yeah, his dream gig was to go on tour playing bass, and the gig he got was Air Supply. He's having a damn good time, but it's just... I uh, I sing every Air Supply song, but I replace the word love with Doug. Um, so... I, I will I will leave him text messages of like I'm all out of Doug. I'm so lost without you. Um, anyway. Inside jokes as to what I do at work. There you go, kids. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean like I don't know. What I mean the other question is that I think is an interesting thought is, is are the criminals in Gotham City worse because Batman is there? Or would there have would would that have always become a thing? That's gone back and forth, like escalation. Even Batman Begins talks at the end of it about escalation, where mm-hmm. they had it was your uh, mafioso types, and he shows up, and then the first signs of the Joker are there. And is there a correlation with that escalation? And maybe, maybe not. Let's say sure, it makes things more interesting. So yes, there is ex- escalation. At the same time, he is. Um, if we really look at the character of Batman and how he bats planes and is a shithead <laughs> and a dick in so many ways, you really ask why is he doing what he's doing, and it's in the hope that others don't go through what he did. Mm-hmm. And as much as anything else, at the heart of Batman, it's you know what happened to me sucked, but I've got the resources to give this a go so it doesn't happen to other people. In a lot of ways, it's his um, selfless love, and that's what ties him to Gotham more than anywhere else. I mean, he could do good work anywhere else where it's nicer, but it's his uh, wounds and scars are there, and that's where he stays. I guess the question is, if he were to go about fighting crime in a more incognito <clears throat> sense, you know, mm-hmm. not dressing up like a giant bat, right? would the level of villain in Gotham City be less extreme and less, you know, avant-garde, I guess. So you're saying he was like the Gotham City fairy? No, I'm not even no, saying that. I'm saying, if, <laughs> I'm saying if he was just incognito, like if he was more like, like Daredevil before he gets his costume, where he was just sort of sneaking around at night as like a, an average looking dude, not like, I, I understand the concept of becoming an image to fear criminals. Mm-hmm. And I think that works for a street level criminal. 
you know what I mean? But I think that what ends up happening is, is that you, you're, you're more crazy and criminal mastermind. They start elevating their game to match that, that icon. And so I think that, I think that's where the escalation is. I think that the icon that he created as Batman only really works. It's sort of like the death penalty. You know what I mean? It dissuades average people from going, well, I'm not going to go kill somebody because I'm going to get the death penalty. But people who are criminals who are going to commit murder anyway are still going to go commit murder, whether there's the death penalty or not, because for whatever reason, they're going to do it. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, you look at it and people rise to meet the challenge presented before them. And it's kind of self-feeding back and forth. And I think it's what makes it so colorful. And as we're reading this dark war games thing, but it's colorful and fun with having these flamboyant characters. But Mm -hmm. But even that said, the majority of the bad guys in this book aren't the flamboyant. The majority of them are the Russian mob, the Italian mob. The ventriloquist mob boss. Yep. He's so. about the most flamboyant. I mean, him and Penguin, but Penguin's kind of... As just, we learn in this, Penguin <clears throat> got basically like told, fucking leave Gotham. Yeah, it's time for you to go. Jeff Dunham's in this one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he is the villain of the story. Jeff- he is a criminal mastermind. Little known fact. Well, if you've seen his comedy, you know that. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, but the ventriloquist thing is is because the, the dummy talks without the guy's hand up his ass. Like, what's the deal? Like, is the ventriloquist like? Can someone explain to me the, the whole logic of that, if there is any? Yes. Just smile and nod. Just okay. smile and nod. Comics. Comics. Okay, I was just I was curious as was it you know a little person with a guy carrying him around? Was it a <laughs> Was, was, was he like a mystical, you know, voodoo doll or something? Like, I'm like, what, what's Maybe the deal with that? Battery operated. Wow. Well, Maybe. There. So he's got a short time away for an assist. I don't know. I guess. I yeah, guess. I have no idea. No, whenever, whenever he's talking without his hand up him, I just submit, I just figure he's good since he's already a ventriloquist. He's probably good at throwing his voice. Uh huh. Yeah, it could be that. Okay. So that's, 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 that's a fair enough example. Because, I'm, just, I'm curious as if the, it, if the criminal is the guy holding the dummy yeah. or if the dummy has some sort of no, magic power that does somewhere. It's, it's the guy holding the dummy. It's uh, his, his name's okay. Arnold, Arnold Wesker. Mr. Wesker. Oh, okay. You know, what was interesting watching us, watching, reading this. And I was even going, Batman, upon figuring out it was Stephanie Brown who triggered it all, refused to tell the rest of the Bat family about it. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? I, probably, e- even though it was her fault, still maybe held a sense of, like, I don't want to throw her under the bus. So was it a protectionism <laughs> so the others don't go after her, or is it so he could take out take it out on her himself? Maybe a little of both. I, I also think in a perfect world, I would like to think it's a innocent until proven guilty in batman's mind you know what i mean like i would like i would like to think that he wants to talk to her first and find out if it really was her fault before he blames her you know what i mean but i in my all honest fact i think it probably is more to do with him not wanting to distract the rest of the family to have them go after her or be too concerned with her and them keep their eyes on the the task at hand which is dealing with this war is my theory and maybe for a a little bit he does maybe blame himself because had he told her like hey i matches malone or you know Mm because when when she was robbing he did fully you know for the most part let her in you know despite eventually firing her this and that but you know he she had access to these things, and it's kind of his fault that he didn't say, oh, by the way... Well, he, I mean, he shouldn't have told her that. She didn't need to know that because he didn't know she was getting the plan, but... Well, then she shouldn't I have wonder, access to the file. I wonder if... But, because Catwoman just knew. Well, because Catwoman's been around long enough, and... She's been around, but there, there was an assumption, it's like, if you're in, then you've known these uh, things. Well, I mean, she was Robin for five minutes. That's true. It's, <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, part of it is, I bet he feels responsible. Yeah, like if I hadn't fired you, 
then you wouldn't have done this, which set this off. So it's there. And I, I bet he, he has, and it's been a long time since I've read it, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in the dark here, too. Yeah. Now I know the eventual, the broad outcome. I bet it's both of a, like, it's your fault, but it's also my fault. Like, And, you know, and this really takes place not too long after that Hush series, and the wounds of Jason Todd are a bit opened up again on him with Hush storyline. So I wonder how much of that's going on in there. And he's worried for her about that, as he should be. Yeah, but I also I wonder if it's a, if he if he gave her too much too fast. Like he opened up all the doors yeah. and just said, "Okay, you're Robin." And I think it might have been one of those things where he just gave her too much access too quickly and like and had and put too much faith into her immediately. And then when she let him down once, well, really kind of twice, he's like, "You're out." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like she didn't get a third strike, really. Well, and, and to put this into a little bit of perspective, since you just brought it up, since in Hush we were led to believe that that wasn't Jason Todd, that was Clayface, mm-hmm. whatever, blah blah blah. Uh, Under the Red Hood took uh, where Jason Todd actually comes back, takes place immediately after this story. Mm-hmm. So we go. So Under the Red Hood is right after War Games. Uh, War Games. Okay. Yeah, War, War Games ends with Batman 634, uh, the first issue of Red Hood. Well, the first issue of it is, is 645, but the trade has some other stuff that starts at 635. That's useful. I'm starting to put my Batman list in, like, my Batman pile in semi-chronological order, so there's a logical reading order to it. So, if, like, my Batman War Games books are right next to my Hush If books. you go mm-hmm. to, just for anything, this is just total off-topic, side-topic. You can cut this if you want. Look up, like, Batman, like, just Google Batman Collected Editions, and it'll bring up the Wikipedia. It has like, all the modern stuff in chronological order, as far as the trades go. I mean, also, to bring it into more my realm, too, with uh, video games and stuff, uh, so there was the really great Arkham trilogy yeah. that Rocksteady Games did with uh, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight. I still need to play Knight. Yeah. Uh, even though I know the big reveal. Yeah, there's a big, there's a couple of really big reveals. Uh, it's one of the it's one of the few games where I'd recommend playing the first the first two Asylum City and then Night because there is an overarching story that plays through all three games. Uh, but there are a couple of really big reveals in Arkham Knight that are pretty cool and kind of tie into some of the things we're talking about. So, I mean, you might say spoiler, but the game's been out for three years now, so deal with it. <laughs> but uh, the, the best of the three being Arkham City, but Arkham Knight. Mm-hmm has uh, a really great plot twist that has nothing to do with this conversation that freaked the fuck out of me. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then it was uh, it was, it was really fun. So. Was it the revelation of who the Arkham Knight is? No. Okay. It was a revelation of uh, you're flying around the city and someone surprises you, right? When you're climbing up onto like a building, you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, cool. Because uh, actually, after I finish playing the game I'm currently playing, my plan was to play that because I'm in a Batman mood. Yeah, and they, and they, they remastered for the PS4 and Xbox the first two Arkham games. Uh, they're okay. I mean, if you don't have them yet, you can get them for twenty bucks, and it's it's worth the the, the price. Uh, Arkham Knight was great; it's a lot of fun. My only problem is that the uh, you finally get to use the Batmobile, mm-hmm. and they use it way too fucking much. It gets to the point where you're like every time you hop in, you're like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> so yeah, I started Arkham Knight and I got to a point like I got a few like probably maybe 20 30 minutes into the game and then I realized what like it was one of those where all of a sudden like you get all the different targets and I was like oh this is going to be really time consuming and I have shit to go do and that's about where I stopped. Well, the cool thing with that game is that yeah, there are all, the, all those targets, but you can choose to ignore the side quest and just do the main quest and you'll be just fine. Yeah, and I was having a hard time deciphering what the main quest was at that point in time. Sure. And so that's kind of where I was like, uh, but I, I, I want to pop it back in. So my if you played as well, maybe we'll play it simultaneously. And we okay, I'm, I might I might start over too because yeah, the they did the remaster to turn to Arkham. It's Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, and it's twenty bucks. I just looked it up to double check. 
Oh, that's awesome. Arkham nice. City. I would play those yeah, again. Yeah, I loved Arkham City, but I will say the Mr. Freeze fight fucking yes. pissed me <laughs> off. Oh my god, I remember that fucking fight. Oh pissed my god, yes. I'm having like that took me days. Like that oh. took me like a couple days of like throwing down my control and be like, fuck this. Fun, yeah. fun, my my fun fact here, uh, Batman Arkham Asylum was the first PlayStation game that I platinumed, which means get all the trophies in the game. Oh wow. All the achievements. Yep. Wow. I think it's Arkham City where the I think it's the penguins hanging out in the library or whatever, and you have to like go and, and swing down from yeah. all the different corners. No. Yeah, like, I fucking love that level. It's, that, it's like, his bar, right? And there's like all the little icebergs I and forget. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Although, no, maybe it's something different. But there, you're going into like an uh, it's like a big old library or museum or something like that, and you're swinging around the rafters and dropping down and picking people up and like you're just going around the whole room trying not to get captured or get like identified and just basically sneaking around and fuck, like I love sneaking around as Batman and, and fucking with people. You know what I mean? Like dropping down, picking them up, hanging mm-hmm. them upside down, and letting them just swing there. It's like one of my favorite things to do on a video game. I can just sit there and do that all day. Watching, if I had to be a henchman for any of the rogues gallery, being a henchman for the penguin might be the best for me. Why is that? It's just the setting. If you look at it, I mean, it's this like glory days, like roaring 20 mobsters kind of a deal going on. And I'm like, you know, if I have to wear a get up, I'd rather wear a penguin suit than a big question mark. Or something yeah. else. Um, you can attract the uh, the sex that you're interested in in a nice suit. In like a, a Joker suit or big question mark, like you're not gonna get two looks, you know what I mean? But like if you're yeah. if you're strutting your stuff at the bar after work, you can pick up some tail. I'm just saying. Right. So really we're as like henchmen going for like working for penguin, it's probably a pretty good gig. Yeah, that's a valid point. I'll go with that. Adam, I'm sorry I cut you off. Oh no, so, uh, so return to Arkham is actually the uh, the first two games, so it's Arkham, uh, Silent Arkham City, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. if you get it from like Best Buy Amazon, it's like fifteen bucks, and then Arkham Knight is, I think, about the same price. It's twenty. They're both twenty on Best Buy. I just I'm looking at them right now. Uh, or if you know me, you get twenty percent off. So that's oh, good for you. You must know someone. Nice. No, have a gamers club unlocked. Oh, all right. Well, while we're talking about Batman video games, if you yes. have PlayStation VR. The oh, Arkham. fuck that game! That game is <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> they, uh, it's, I mean, it, it re- the Batman Arkham VR. It's its own thing. It's not really part of the big Arkham story. It's just it's the same style of uh, like animation stuff. But uh, it, it takes maybe an hour or two to get through if you played through straight. But uh, by the time you get to the end, the ending is entirely one of the most fucked up things you can experience. Awesome. Okay. But I would recommend playing that after you play the Arkham games because there are some spoilers that are kind of involved in it. All right. We're, we're talking about this video game way too much, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, in Arkham City, when you end up going after the Mad Hatter, that fucked with me a lot. Where, like, the whole... Everything is, like, becomes this really... Like, you get gassed or something like that. Oh, it's, Scarecrow. like, everything is, like, this weird... Is Scarecrow, yeah, but then... Scarecrow gasses you, but then you end up going after the Mad Hatter, so it's this weird fucking Alice in Wonderland shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's really trippy as shit. Uh, you should come over one okay. time and waste two hours and do the Batman VR while I just laugh at you. Because you play like, uh, <laughs> you've got the move controllers, so you can hold them up. It's like your hands, so you actually uh-huh. can, like, throw batterings and stuff. And oh, that sounds like, pretty Like, the way awesome. you get into bat- the Batcave is you go to the piano, and you have to, like, play a certain tune, and, like, you go down, and, like, you have to put the... the it, it's fun. It's definitely yeah. a really cool experience. And I'll reiterate one of the most fucked endings to a game you will ever see. Yeah, it's cool. It, it's worth it, it's worth the. I'm trying to sale now. When we got it, it was like twenty bucks for the price of admission, but it was definitely the best VR game I've ever played. Awesome. 
Rock on. Um, I have one last question I'm kind of curious about. Uh, Batman's, as, as Adam called it, his bat-splaining and his sort of... <laughs> His, his being sort of a standoffish and shitty to everyone in the Bat family and to anyone who could possibly help him as well. Uh, I was just kind of curious as to what people's thoughts are about Batman's state of mind at this point in time and why he is acting the way he is in this book. Uh, he's probably, especially now that he realizes what the plan is, I, I can just say this, like when I start, you know, a task, whether it's uh, working at vaults, like filing books or cleaning or something, once I start a task, like I don't want to waste any time and want to finish it. He probably just doesn't want to waste any time telling people and he's like i know what i have to do i'm doing it i know it's no one else needs to know it's uh like nobody's got time for that yeah so that's probably why he's being so short with everyone because he doesn't have time to explain it to oracle to nightwing to cassandra he's just like i know what i need to do and if i need them to do something i'll tell them to do it and save time you know it could be that but what's interesting watching i mean i bring up hush before but there's a sequence where he um, irritates oracle and he gives oracle the options like you know you can always leave or you're gonna dig in and help here and it does act like he's pushing away and is he even with catwoman there's a great line and he's like you know you should could have just asked selena and she would have helped you out he's like yeah but she fights better when she's pissed at me yeah that was a, i actually like that line i thought he, that was he great he knows the buttons to press he really knows the buttons to press. So if he really knows the buttons to press, I like how you brought that up there. It, um, is he trying to push them away because of fearful of people around me are getting hurt? And this is something I'm having to do here. And if they leave of their own volition, they're not going, oh, Batman's trying to push me away because he's afraid of me. I'll show him I'm there forever. But if he goes, you know, I'm really sick of his shit. Maybe I'll take a break for a while. Yeah. And is he doing that? So it's their idea. And so he's getting what he wants, having it be their idea. Well, if, and if if this kind of goes the way I, I, and again, I don't really remember. I just know like the broad strokes outcome. But this seems like it's you know the one it, about every ten years ago, or every ten years or so, it seems like they do something to make the Bat Family break apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that if this is going that way, this happens. Then about ten years after this, death of the family happened. At, and the new 52 stuff where mm-hmm. everyone quit trusting Bruce for a little while. Uh, it seems to be something they do about every like 10 years or so. Yeah. But it does seem there's a lot of seeds of that going on. And the other only other little critique I had from this, and I was going to see if it, anybody else noticed it. There's this moment where uh, they cut out or all of the security footage from Gotham City and whatever and things like that. And as you read through the book, at least in our chronological version, Oracle is surprised that all of a sudden all the stuff goes out. And then you read the next book, which is written by Brubaker, and Batman has Oracle cut all the feeds as well. And so there's like a little discrepancy there. Well, and I was curious a, if that threw any about that. It one. was a second time. Because or- oh, yeah, Oracle goes like, why? You just did it the first time without me. Why do you want me to do it this time? And he's... Bats okay, playing, yeah, he's bats okay. going, are you going to do it or not? Like you said in Hush, he even does it to her this time. He's like, you can always leave. Like, leave. You know you don't have to do it. You can leave if you want to. And he says it again this yeah. time. Yeah. He's going, you know, you can always go. Bottom line, Bruce is a dick. Yes, he is. Yeah. He is not yeah. a nice guy lately. And in the midst yeah. of it, everything's building. And really, the story ends going... You know, we're, we're putting out all these small fires, and then it's got the city going. Is the Bat family and all his compatriots, are they um, making things better or worse? And it seems the tide of public opinion is starting to go against them. 
Well, I think uh, it's probably mm -hmm. a good time for cocktails. Behold, Mr. Boom. we finally fulfill the second half of our Mr. title Boom. and make with the fire Mr. water. Alcoholics transform! We need to get these bitches drunk. Mr. Todd, what do you have for cocktails? Mine's called Blood of the Dragon. This is coming from, there was a cool character fighting that girl, Cassandra Kane, and she's like, you distract her, keep her busy, and I'll have the dragon will emerge, and I can't, yeah, I can't really tell oh, yeah. if it was um, an actual, like, extra being, or if it was just a uh, way I'm going to get in this trance. Same thing, or whatever, yeah. So, it's, um, but it's called, drag oh, Dragon's Blood is what it is. So you take up uh, Three oh. ounces of club soda, three ounces of absolute vodka, and four ounces of aftershock hot and cool cinnamon shop schnapps. So in a 12-ounce glass, mix all the ingredients together and serve. So you do that a few times, and it'll fuck you up. Awesome. Um, Mr. Adam, what is your cocktail? <clears throat> uh, so mine's called the Grim Reaper, kind of going with the whole black mask mm -hmm. kind of thing going on. Uh, and I just deleted the fucking thing. Hold on. <laughs> um, I have it for you. One ounce of Kahlua, one ounce of rum, half ounce of grenadine, and ice. Yep. So, so a little well glass with ice and pour ingredients over, uh, over the drink. Yep, in order. Uh, so you do the Kahlua yeah. first, the rum, and then the grenadine. I don't stir, so it's kind of like layered. And then mm -hmm. you get uh, kind of a three different flavors in your drink. And I will say the black mask is fucked up because really Stephanie and him go at it for a little while and she gets a few good shots in and then he turns things around on her and it's like, it's not about avoiding the pain or ignoring it. It's about embracing it. Yeah. And you're just like, dude, this guy's messed. Yeah, now she's out there. Oh, we didn't even talk about it. She's out there wounded somewhere. Right. Yeah. She, she got away, yeah, yeah. but who knows what state she's in. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so mine, I am going with the the blackout that happens within this book. So I'm calling. I'm doing the blackout martini. It is one ounce of Finlandia vodka. I think that has to be specific because I think that's part of what causes the color. Um, you have a half ounce of peach schnapps, half ounce of blue curacao. You have a half ounce of sour mix, two ounces of Sprite, two ounces of cranberry juice. You combine all the ingredients into a shaker, sands the cranberry juice, and pour into an ice glass. Um, in a separate glass, pour the cranberry juice and combined above uh, the above ingredients and watch the color change right before your eyes. That's a blackout, kids. And Mr. Maya, what is your cocktail? So mine, I decided to keep it kind of simple. Um, just, uh, I'd say pour one out for, for our boy Orpheus. Just uh, don't pour this out because it's a lot of booze. Uh, <laughs> it's an Instead of saying goodbye, I'm just going to say adios, motherfucker. It's a half ounce of vodka, half ounce of rum, half ounce of tequila, half ounce of gin, half ounce of blue curacao, two ounces of sour mix, two ounces of 7-Up. Fill the fill in a pint glass, fill it with ice, and add all the booze. Then fill up the rest of the glass with sour mix, add a splash of 7-Up, and garnish with a cherry and stir. Orpheus, and I'm changing the name to... Uh... Orpheus's demise, since we have done Audios motherfucker before. All right, uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be Orpheus's demise, and it will Sorry, be yours Connick too if you drink enough of them. Oh. Yes, it will be. <laughs> <laughs> There's tequila. I would not be drinking any of that. But uh, cool. Does anybody else have any other thoughts uh, about this book before we uh, continue on with our lives? Uh, no, I I, uh, I was telling Todd earlier that I hadn't read this book since I originally read it as it was coming out in issues. And uh, I'm liking this a lot more. Like I didn't dis I didn't remember disliking it before, but I'm liking it a lot more than I remembered liking it to begin with. I'm I'm quite enjoying it. This is my first time ever reading it. Um, I've I've liked 
a lot of this. I, I think it flows really well. Yet the only thing I had was that confusion that we just discussed about the blackout of uh, the media blackout. Uh, you know, the Batman does twice. That confused me a little bit when I read it, but because I, I thought I thought it was because it was cut between two comics. I, I my brain immediately went to they're repeating the same event but in a different way, and I didn't realize that it was they're repeating. They actually literally are repeating doing the same thing but it's two different times so mm-hmm. well cool um so we will forego votes on this until uh, probably next week to do we'll, we'll vote on act one two and three and then we will uh do a vote for war crimes post that as well as we'll do the overall post that as well so uh moving on into recommendations oh, re- mr real quick oh. i was gonna say if you're in the uh doing the two volumes like most of us are doing uh we'll actually have five more issues than Todd will next week. Uh, because there's a few epilogue issues and uh, in between things. Um, but what we'll be reading next week will take us all the way up to page 533. Uh, oh, wow. Every, every, yeah, everything but the last four issues. War Crimes is just the last four issues of the book. We have a shit ton to read next week. There's something yeah. to do. Okay. I'm glad it's worth so it, free kids. Time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, that's uh, that's gonna be a thing. So lots of reading for next week, kids. God um, damn! Thirteen issues. We... That's about as much as the Supergirl trade was. Yeah, it is. It won't Uh-oh. be too terrible. And I, I found this overall very readable. No, uh, it's, it's, not, it's, a, it's an it, easy read, and it moves along. It's there's, yeah, there's really no does. stagnant parts to it. Not it moves along pretty quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still biz. I'm so bitter about the first part. I can tell. <laughs> and now it's time for recommendations. That time in the show where the panel tells you all the crap they are currently into, but will forget about as soon as they see something shiny. You're a stamp tramp. How dare you? And what is that? You give your stamp of approval to everything. It's become meaningless. Why can't you be more like your wife? Lily's stamp is gold. I'm reading this book because of her. I'm drinking this beer because she recommended it. I'm even wearing this bra because of a lingerie store Lily told me about. Okay, well, so moving on into recommendations. Mr. Bitter, Mr. Adam, do you have any recommendations? Oh, yeah, so it's a game I just picked up. I started playing. Not crazy far on yet, but I picked up a Far Cry 5. I've played all of them. It's where you fight the alt-right, right? Well, kind of, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, actually, the game got a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of flack from the alt-right because the story is that you are a, uh, a sheriff's deputy in this rural town in Montana, and there's this uh, really crazy right-wing religious cult that has... Uh, in so many ways, taken over this this town and controls everything. Is this those assholes that like camped in that bird sanctuary forever? <laughs> that, like took over and stayed Damn in that bird's buddies. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like that, but like more. That was crazy. Mormon. It's like it's like that meets like a uh, Bioshock kind of thing. Uh, but they're they're crazy right wing fanatics, and they're out to because they believe their prophet has you know he's foreseen all this stuff's going to happen. So. You start out as basically you escape from them, and now you're trying to put together a resistance to fight back against them. And you know, I'm, I'm I have fun shooting crazy right wing redneck fake antagonists. So. Well, I had fun watching <laughs> you play you. Wolfenstein too when you were hitting Nazis in the face with a tank. Yeah, it, it's kind of the same. It's kind of the same idea as that. So, but in in Montana. So, nice. uh, but so far it's fun. It's gorgeous. It's it's uh, here at PS Pro. 
or an Xbox One X, I highly recommend getting uh, it for that because it is in 4K. It looks really cool. But yeah, I'm only I'm only a little bit in, but so far it's been really fun. Uh, the, the other Far Cry games have been really enjoyable, although they were kind of giving shit because you're a white guy shooting brown people the whole time. So now you're a white guy or a white or or a brown person. You can change your gender or race at the beginning, which makes no difference in the game because you never see yourself until you die. Shooting uh, crazy redneck religious hassles so which is always fun it's up there with punching nazis yes nice always approved nazi puncher okay uh mr todd do you have a recommendation yes so i've got a new i've decided it's a whole subgenre in my comic collection and it's called <laughs> um homeward bound with a twist <laughs> okay so i mean there's others in this of course you've got your initial classic homeward bound there's rover red charlie where the zombie apocalypse happens, so it's homeward bound there. There's We Three by Grant Morrison. Oh, we need to do that book for the show. Yeah, and yeah then, it's on their list. It's super short. It's only three issues. And yeah, then another one I um, picked up recently reading. It's called Animosity by uh, Margaret Bennett. And the idea is, um, I'll just read the quick thing from the back because it does a good job. It says, one day for no reason, the animals wake up. They start thinking. They start talking. They start taking revenge. So all animals gain consciousness, and then a few years later is you've got this um, little girl with her dog that is still loves this girl as they take their trip from the East Coast over to San Francisco, the West Coast, because that's the order the trips go in. But it's fun. It's a lot of reading, so they're just have this dystopian future where all the animals are trying to kill mankind, and she's trying to make okay. her road trip across the states. Uh, and then I'll go with my recommendation. Uh, if you are into cooking shows that are not normal cooking shows, there is a show on Netflix, if you haven't seen it yet already, I highly recommend, called Nailed It. Has anybody else on the show seen this yet? I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it yet. Okay, so this is what the show is. I've, I've watched a couple episodes. It's already been renewed for a second season. What it is is they take home bakers who aren't very good at baking, and they make them attempt to replicate an amazing dessert and or cake and the person who fucks it up the least because they all fuck it up they win and so they have like these big time celebrity like chefs and, and things like that who are helping them out and so if you fuck up the first round the most then you get extra help the second round so there's actually a benefit for being the worst in the first round uh you get to uh, you get to help out like you get more help in the second round to help you try to win this whole thing uh it's it's pretty entertaining. The host can be borderline obnoxious at times, but that's kind of what the shtick is. But it's really pretty fun. Uh, so I recommend checking that out. And Mr. Maya, what is your recommendation? Uh, I have two. Uh, one just kind of adds on to mine from last week. Uh, last week I recommended Star Wars Legion, the new tabletop uh, Star Wars miniatures game from Fantasy Flight. Uh, last week I recommended it just based on the look of the figures. Uh, this week I can recommend it because I, I learned how to play, and it is a very fun game. It's easy to learn. Check it out. Awesome. The book that I'm going to recommend uh, is Judge Dread: The Cursed Earth. Or actually, Judge Dread: The Cursed Earth Uncensored. This is a... Uh, so The Cursed Earth is a story that... And I'll read the back of it in a second because it'll explain it a little better. But it's a story that... And it's collected, or it couldn't have been collected for a while because there were four issues in there, um, and, and due to like parody and copyright laws in the UK, uh, they couldn't reprint them because there were um, like the Burger King and Ronald McDonald and all sorts of like fucked up fast food mascots. Um, mm -hmm. But here, I'll read the back of it for you. But now, now it's able to be collected into one one big thing, and it's got people like uh, Brian Bolland uh, who did the art in uh, the killing joke mm -hmm. 
But a deadly plague developed during the brutal Great Germ War has reached the futuristic metropolis of Mega City 2, located on the west coast of the U.S. Charged with delivering a life-saving vaccine to the citizens of the disease-ridden city, Judge Dredd and a small crew of judges, war droids, and the law-breaking biker biker, Spike's Heavy Rotten, must travel a thousand miles across the radioactive wasteland known as the Cursed Earth. Hmm. And it is... uh, it's it's awesome. So does anybody have else, anything else uh, before we call this good? No, <clears throat> I think I'm pretty good. Cool. So next week, obviously, we'll be reading. Uh, we'll finish off this War Games arc. Uh, following week, we will be doing War Crimes, which is, I guess, more epilogue and whatnot. So uh, big reading. So uh, next week will be Act 3. So, uh, you know, hopefully if you're enjoying it so far with us, you'll keep reading. Um, and then until next week, we'll uh, see you later. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to funnybooksandfirewater.com for the most up-to-date information, as well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop, tip your bartender well, and stay hydrated.